2: everybody to Brotherly Love Wrestling and on today's show, we have perfection personified Aaron Rourke. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you
0: for
1: having me. I'm very excited to be on today.
0: So why don't we start from last week and then we'll work our way backwards. Instead of starting from the beginning and work our way forward, <laughs> we're going to just start from the back or front and work in the back. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. So we saw you last week on Beyond His Back, Beyond Wrestling's signature series where you were facing, uh, help me with the name, Del Me X. Del Me, Ex- Del me XO, yes. Yeah. There you go. I was gonna put a B in there, but I didn't wanna say Expo. <laughs> and I wanna start with intergender wrestling as a whole and how comfortable you are and how you see it as different from wrestling just men and being able to tell a different story with women. Like, what is your what is your experience with intergender wrestling?
1: Uh, I personally enjoy it. Um, I think it's just another arena of wrestling where you get to tell another story. And while it's great to, I think all types of wrestling is great. I think with when you wrestle women, it's just, it gives more of a platform to really tell a good story and really just work well. Like I've worked with Masha and Chris Statlander. She was one of my favorite matches that I had at Cap. And it just adds a whole new element. And I feel like more people are always into it because they always want to see you know some ass kicking and then see how talented the women are and how strong they are and how much they can toss people around and that they're not these pretty faces they also can kick the crap out of a lot of us.
0: Now does it make it easier for you to do your character work against a female because you want people to want you to get your ass beat anyway correct?
1: Yeah I would like I want people to hate me.
0: Yeah, so do you find it much easier to portray that and get that across when facing a woman? Because usually when a guy and girl, a man and woman, they're in a match together, usually pulling for the woman because you don't want to see her get beat by the guy. It's usually like your first go-to gut reaction, unless, unless they're wrestling your favorite wrestler. But other than yeah. that, it feel, that's kind of the feeling you get when you see that match anyway.
1: I feel like regardless man or woman, people just want to see my ass get beat because I'm this loud, flamboyant, shrieking, like overconfident, pompous, like weirdo-looking guy. So I feel like at any point, whether it's a guy or a girl, they just want to see me get beaten in general. But I think definitely when you wrestle women, there's a sort of like, there's a backing behind the woman. They, They want to see these women succeed regardless of who they are. And again that's also fun to play with because you know you, you can get a little lippy with the audience and you can get a little more in the face of girls and it, it just it naturally makes you look like an asshole. It but I have no problem elite. being an asshole to a man it or a woman emotion
0: too. Yeah. From, from not only the person across from you in the ring but the people watching you now are engaged.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just fun to be an asshole, and I'm pretty (laughs) – I'm, like, naturally good at it, I guess. But um, it's definitely fun wrestling women. It's definitely cool telling that story, and there's just so much you can play off of. And I I never shy away from intergender wrestling. I love it. I think it's so fun. And I also like wrestling guys, too. I'll wrestle anyone, really. Now, you mentioned jabbering in the
0: ring and kind of – kind of playing with the fans now is that something you work on is that something that comes natural is that something somebody had to tell you to do like is did you pick that up from somewhere
1: i kind of i actually started picking it up when i did the first beyond discovery gauntlet because um that was the first time i'd really been exposed to an audience like that that was really like right at your feet Mm -hmm. so they were right at the ring so i I had to really interact and really, you know, like tell them how much they suck or how gross they look and how much better I am. So (laughs) I definitely went from when I first started, it was like little things. And I would say a little bit now it's monologues. I'll just be walking around the ring and just, you'll be like, how long has this guy been talking? (laughs) (laughs) But it, it adds a different, It adds a different feel to a match
0: that you're watching when you're able to, I mean, especially when you're live, when you're able to kind of talk and you're not so much relating to the fans, but you're more trying to stir the pot, so to speak. And when you get that reaction and you see it on TV, it just makes it that much more special. Yeah,
1: and I feel like it's my duty as – the asshole of the ring to really get the fans involved. And, you know, I can't do that being quiet. And plus, why not yell at them? They're right there. And they're usually booing you, so boo them back. I personally love it. I love all the jabs, I love all the boos, all the names. I'm like, bring it, I'm right here.
2: When you when you started out, was that like gradual? Like, did it take a little bit for you to do that or did you start and just automatically be like, oh, I can do this.
1: This is nothing. It was definitely gradual. Starting out, um, anything like athletically, I kind of picked up a bit because I had done track all my life from like middle school through high school. I was a dancer for nine years. So I had a lot of like an athletic background, but things like being confident and having that confidence took some time and took getting comfortable and really, knowing who I was and knowing who Aaron Rourke was and what my character or who I am and what I would do. And it just takes a level of comfortability and a level of awareness and just confidence that you're like, this is what I do. This is who I am. And for Aaron Rourke, he is this top guy. Was there anybody that
0: helped helped you gain that confidence like is there any one single person that you got in in the ring with and you're like oh this seems this is natural and they brought
1: that out of you uh it's so hard to pinpoint one person because training at creator pro it's very much a family and you know there's so many people who have helped me gain confidence not only like personality-wise, personality-wise, ring ability. One of my biggest memories, though, is my first ever singles match was against VSK. I was brand new. I was, like, five or six months in. And, of course, I was bad, and he was – everyone loves Vinny. So wrestling him, it had – I had to, like, really kind of pull it out, and he was helping me, and – definitely wrestling him every time. Every time I wrestle him now, he pulls more out of me. So definitely that first match with him, it kind of sparked this like, oh, I know what I need to do. And then it took some time gradually, but definitely that first match with him, it really sparked that uh that aggression and that meanness.
0: Now you mentioned Create-A-Pro, and uh, how is Create-A-Pro like with the, the diversity of different characters that they they bring out of you? Like- because it seems like the people, the wrestlers that come from Creative Pro, they have their own personality, and they are very, very much so locked into their character. Now, how much, yeah. do they, how much do they help with that?
1: They help so much. I will say this, like, I'm biased, obviously. I've only wrestled at Creative Pro. Like, that's where I train. It's my home. But, you know, Brian Myers and Pat Buck, just they're two of the best people best trainers I've ever met. They're so hands-on, they're so caring, and they just, they really want to see everyone succeed. So they always tell us, you know, like, do whatever we need to do, throw anything against the wall, see what happens, don't be afraid to try things, step outside of the box. And, you know, it really helped me in the beginning because I showed up and I was like, I guess I just have to be this one particular type of wrestler. I don't know if someone like Aaron Rourke is really going to make a statement or is going to be taken seriously, but with their tutelage and their help and just constant working on it and stuff, I was able to bring that persona to life. And I just, they just really enforce creativity and taking your own route and really trying everything and doing everything you possibly can before being like, this doesn't work, let's move on to something else.
0: Now, has there been any anything in particular as of late that you've been working on to kind of try and tweak your character or are you just trying to like elevate it a little bit more?
1: I'm just always trying to add a dimension or elevate it or, you know, when I first Im- imagined this character or this persona, Aaron Rourke, I imagined him as this like regal kind of flair-esque like presence didn't have to really say much you just kind of had to be there and you were like wow that's the guy like that's the star now it's like all I do is just talk and just ramble and yap, yap, yap 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 all day so it's just really I just had to get comfortable with it, and it's just one of those things where you just keep working on it and some things just happen.
0: You set the bar very, very high for yourself with putting your – with Ric Flair. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had, right? he had he had to talk a bunch to get to that point of where he didn't have to say anything. And even then, he still made sure he said something.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I guess that's the naiveness of when you first start and you're just kind of like, I'm I'm just going to walk in and own a room. It's like <laughs> – it's like, well, okay, keep that confidence, but maybe just work on trying to own the room with more than just your presence. <laughs> <laughs> the sparkly rope can only get you so far.
0: Yeah. yeah true. It's been done
2: before, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the, the discovery gauntlet, and and of course, now on we just saw you this past week. How is it working for beyond? Um, going from this the past season to now working this week this year.
1: I mean, things are obviously different because of the pandemic and it's been hard for wrestlers without the crowd, obviously. You know, it's what we draw on. But the great thing about Beyond is that no matter what season it is, everyone's always so professional and everyone's always so nice. And you really go there and it's it's like you get to see your friends that you don't get really get to see a lot of the times. And they've been very They've been very strict with the protocols and all that. So the best thing about working for BEYOND is it's very professional, it's very sweet. I love going there. I think everyone's treated there with respect and we're treated as the professionals that we are and should be. And I love it, You know, it, it opened my eyes to a broader sense of wrestling the first time I went around and to come back, you know, it's just an honor. And it's every time I get to wrestle there, it's like, I feel very honored.
0: Now you, you mentioned the pandemic and honestly, I mean, how could you not, because it's been going on now for over a year. Now, what are you, what are your some of your takeaways from the pandemic era of
1: wrestling? That um, I think more now so than ever, you really have to lean on who you are as that persona I feel like without crowds it's hard to get across who you are so quickly when you're there and you're experiencing it you you automatically are like oh I know this guy I know that guy when you're only seeing it on like YouTube or streaming you know you might not see everything that you would see in a live match you might not grasp it right away who that person is so I feel like just being more of the persona you are and just really every time going out there, just giving it all you can and just really performing like there are a thousand people in the room, even though there's one, you just have to. And I think just using this time, like I used this time to get in better shape. I got a trainer. I trained up my diet. You know, even when we were not allowed to leave the house, I was working out outside. I was always constantly working. And I think now it's more so than ever. People should be working harder. So when things do come back to normal, your game is solid and there's no changing it.
0: I think what we saw before the pandemic was that it was a very wrestling based business where especially for the indies where it was just like these fast paced everybody's just out there killing it i think what the pandemic did is is it made people kind of work on character i think it's kind of been sort of a resurgence which i feel is much needed because without the character where are you going with the story you can have as many quote unquote five star matches as you can and that's great but the characters were sort of going away, where the the personas were sort of sort of falling by the wayside. There wasn't as many because everyone was focused on these these highly athletic, acrobatic matches. But now, now you kind of you're not getting as much live wrestling as you did. Well, you you're starting to pick up more now, but you weren't. So you had to kind of engage in social media where people were just kind of trying things out and seeing what would get over. You see, now people are reviewing. Uh, sodas and candies and benches and shit like that like people are thinking as far outside of the box as they possibly can and now you can you can put characters in these people
1: yeah and you see a lot of wrestlers get twitch streams now ways to get in contact with their fans i definitely think this pandemic you know in life you kind of just have to see the silver lining and things just to keep going and i know this year has been horrible it's there's really not a lot of positive but some things that did come out of it that were positive is that people focused more on who they are as not only a wrestler but as a persona and really trying to push that agenda of like let's get back into what wrestling was you know you can do I always hear this you can do every move in the book but who's going to get behind you if they don't know who you are you know if I can do a 450 but does it matter if I'm just a guy who can do a 450? They want to see someone they want to see a person come to life. They want to see these larger than life characters. And you know, I I have to give hats off to people who have done cameos, Twitch streams, these cool promos and vignettes and have worked on all this stuff outside of wrestling, doing so much outside of the ring. And I feel like a lot of people fail to realize how important that stuff is too, especially in this day and age. And that's one thing Creative Pro also taught me was what happens in the ring is important, but what happens outside the ring is very important as well. It's very much 50-50.
2: So you talked about the, uh, the coat wearing and trying to be over the top like Ric Flair. And uh, we talked about it before we started. And the face paint that you have, very stand you talk about standing out, that is standing out. Um, where did this come from? For the- and for those who uh, have never seen you, um, where did it come from?
1: So I used to never wear it, obviously. But um, when I came back from injury, my first match was against Chris Statlander for a title. And I was like all right, I'm coming back, new gear, new look. I had this purple hair at the time. It was like rosy purple. I was like, I really have to look like I've reinvented myself while I was gone. So I started to put like the gold flakes here and the diamonds. And then as time went on, I was like, that gets to be too much. So like, what else is there or something I can do? Let me paint something. And I would just start just messing around, seeing things, and I just remember, I just saw a painting, like some online of just like tears and I was like, that looks cool. And Asuka is one of the people I watch and I'm inspired by. And I'm very inspired by how she wrestles and how out of the box she is and how eccentric she is. But when she steps in the ring, it's go time. There's no messing around. So it's a little homage to her. I do look up to her in a sense, but it was definitely just a way to show how extra Aaron Rourke truly is and I I started doing it like gold tiers but I'm so pale that gold just doesn't show up. (laughs) So I was like let me get neon yellow that when purple lights were on my face it would just shine and it would just it was just so eye grabbing and from there I just kept going. I just started doing different tiers, different face stuff, different diamonds and it's just the, all an extension of Aaron Rourke and how he expresses what, what himself. What was the initial crowd response from that? <laughs> I love every time it's – every time I walk out of the curtain and I just – I look around and I just listen and I'll always hear, like, oh, well, that's it." <laughs> <laughs> or I'll hear, what the, what the F word is that? Like, what? <laughs> and it, it just really gets me because it just grabs them right away. So – before i even do anything i'm already like the center of attention because you don't really see that from wrestlers let alone male wrestlers yeah that kind of exotic looking kind of look and so i just love to hear people be like what what What? do you see that guy so when you were on the discovery gauntlet
0: i remember seeing you for the first time and then when you came back I saw you again. I was like, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm going to give you like a firsthand reaction. It was probably like, you're remembered though. you you were remembered. And then you get in the ring and the, the noises and the shrieks, like you were talking about earlier, like what started that? Because it is very, you, you, it's like, it's an attention grabber. Like you might zone out and then you hear that you're like, what the fuck
1: did I just miss? <laughs> Well, I've always had kind of a high pitch or like screechy voice, and I was just kind of just sitting to myself and I was like, Aaron Rourke is so delusional and just so, such an adult brat, just such a man child, just, and he gets so angry and I just thought, what if he just threw a fit? like when someone kicked out or just when he got angry. It's very I remember ridiculous. I just did it one time and I just <laughs> threw myself and I was like screeching and people were like, that was so funny or like, that was great. And I was like, I'll keep that. I mean, it's not great for my voice. You know, the next day I sound like, I just sound awful, but in the moment, it's also so funny because I'm just a shrieking grown man. So. It, it,
0: And you want, I always look back to I want wrestling to be fun. I want to enjoy, like, I want to have fun. I want to laugh. Like, I gravitate towards Orange Cassidy because he, it's fun. Like, he's got, like, he's got life figured out. Like, he just looks like the guy that has everything figured out, but then he's entertaining in the ring, too. I like, I want, like, as soon as you threw that temper tantrum, it was that, like, this, like, you you can't help but go, God, what the hell?
1: Yeah. And you know, I just feel like it pulls something out of the audience. They're just like, what what is that? Like, why are you complaining? Why are you screeching and crying? And it's like, well, because I'm an absolute pompous asshole. Of course I'm gonna cry. Like, I wanna win. And this guy's annoying me. Now
0: you also you also bring the ref in it, like you're also the one that acknowledges the ref a lot. I noticed that as well. Is that something that you've worked on, or is that just Does that just go hand in hand with getting the crowd, now you're going to get the ref involved? You want to get as many people involved and invested in your
1: match as possible. I just, when I watch wrestling, I always want to watch what people do other than wrestle. I always want to see how they create little moments in matches that maybe people don't think about right away. But when they go back and watch it, they're like, oh, like that was funny or like, oh, that was cool. Or like, oh, like we never really see that. And I just kind of thought like the ref is there. Just yell at him. <laughs> like, just berate him because then everyone is like, screw this guy, he's yelling at the ref who's just doing his job. And you know, I feel bad for some of the refs because they can take a verbal beating from me. I'll, I'll just yell at them for a solid 15 seconds before I turn my attention back to the opponent.
0: It's a very underutilized prop that you have at your disposal at all times it's not like and you'll see it with great heels and they will they will bitch and complain to the refs and that's like kind of their mo but it's kind of it's more of a lost art now everyone's more focused on what you're doing in the ring and not so much like you said those little nuances in a match those very memorable moments where something happens that wasn't Necessarily a big spot in the match, but it's something that that you'll remember.
1: Yeah, and you know it helps to have a, a best friend who's also like one of the meanest people in the world. You know, one of the, the nastiest uh, heels. You know, one of the most charismatic heels. It, it helps because you know being friends with him, he's definitely helped. You know, pick I've picked his brain and we've talked, and I have to give props to him because he's helped me out so much. I love him Would dearly. Would you care to name drop? I mean,
0: (laughs) it's not like you're going to inflate his ego anymore.
1: (laughs) I know. If he saw this, I would hear his head like inflating from a town over. He would text me and be like, oh, thank you so much. Uh, Yeah. MJF, man. I love him dearly. And he's helped me a lot. And I picked his brain and we talked and he's just a really great person and just a really great friend and just someone not only professionally, just personally having in my corner. It's just, I'm really thankful for him.
0: It's funny that you say that too, because you'd think you're talking about like a 20-year vet at this point, and he's still in his, what, early 20s? So, I mean, to someone who has grasped it and made it their own, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the blueprint now. It's, yeah. It, it was like a forgotten blueprint, like that the township just threw away or they put in a closet somewhere. Like it, it's a very easy recipe, but it takes a certain amount of ego to pull it off.
1: Yeah, I don't think that um people give him enough credit for how much he dedicates to this and how much time he oh, absolutely just works and like perfects his craft. And you know, there's a reason why he's as young as he is, but is so successful. You know, he it's just
2: scary too because. He hasn't even come into the prime of his career. And everyone, every time you hear someone talk about MJF, it's he's the top heel in in wrestling. And it's, it's pretty obvious. And for him to only be in his early 20s, when wrestlers, for the most part, start to find their stride in their late 20s, early 30s,
0: for him to be where he is, is remarkable. Well, I draw my comparisons to, like, perfect Rick Rude. And guys like that, and those were guys that were established and much older. Like to be compared to people like that, mm-hmm. and you're on that same. You're on that same playing field where you're getting. <laughs> I, we're a show that puts people over. We're we're no broadcasters. We're here. <laughs> we're here to put over the talent. But you can see that same trajectory where you might not be uh, fighting for the AEW Tag Team Championship right now, but you can see where you're going character wise. And your in-ring ability is there too. It's just that what is going to get you to that point? It's the character. Cause if you can do the same moves as everyone else, what's going to separate you?
1: Exactly. Totally. 100%. Yeah. I just, just listening to him and just really getting to know him. It's really, you, he just knows so much and it's crazy. at. He's literally younger than me by a full year, so it already angers me <laughs> that he, he's younger than me by a year, and he just, he just knows so much, and is, but he's also, like, he always is working hard, always has time to help people out. He's just a good guy, and he's really good at being an asshole.
0: I mean, that helps, especially yeah. what you're going for. And with your character, like, what are you, honestly, what are you building that for? You're not building it to stay on the indies forever, are you? Are you building this character to try and get somewhere?
1: For sure. I feel like every wrestler in some degree wants to get to a higher level of wrestling. And I love working the indies. You know, I'm still, you know, I've only been doing this two and a half years. So I'm just really starting to get out there again, of course, during quarantine and then I was injured. but this is really like my time to be out there. But of course I would be lying if I said I wasn't aiming for, you know, one of the top promotions. And I do want to present a gimmick or character persona that is, can work in any area. It can be taken seriously. It can be a little more comedic. It can be a little manager-esque like I feel like in wrestling, it's so crucial to have a character or a persona or a gimmick that's, so, that's dynamic and it's easily put into certain situations where if they need someone for this, they can be like, oh, I feel like his character would work. And I feel like for Aaron Rourke, you know, he's so over the top and so eccentric and so mean, yet it's like slightly mean. It's like more shade than like outright insults. The outright insults are in the ring, but out of that, it's more like shady and more like slight jabs. So I, I'm always working to build that character to where people who was presented on a bigger platform or a main stage, you know, people would be like, that's something we could work with. That's something that we could see every week or every other day, or someone who could be taken seriously.
0: I think wrestling is one of the only professions where the more you're hated, could be more beneficial for you because it puts you in that position. Like he draws heat. People already dislike him. We have a top baby face in this promotion. This is a perfect fit because we want to get this baby face over. He's going to help. He's going to get himself out there. He's going to now be in the spotlight with X, Y, and Z. I mean, you put yourself, I mean, to it almost seems like to not have a character is just doing yourself harm because it's the ones that are able to go full bore with who they want to be to get them somewhere quicker. And all it takes nowadays is to go viral or to get the right set of eyes on you one time and your whole career completely takes on a different trajectory. And that's all it takes now. I mean, and to have that in your arsenal to be able to – interact and be able to put yourself in front of these people and be memorable is is only beneficial
1: yeah and my thing always with like uh personas or gimmicks is you don't always need a full-fledged like opposite person like a full like different character that's sometimes you can just use an extension of who you are but i always say you have to believe in everything you're doing and really put forward that this is who I am and I believe in who I am and what I'm doing because no one in the audience is gonna retain that if you don't believe it. That's why I feel like, you know, you can be a gimmick, but if you wanna be more yourself, you just have to put everything into it and come across as you're believing in what you're doing. You have to sell yourself or else no one's gonna buy what you're selling.
0: So you're just, you dialed up to 11, right?
1: Yeah, I always say "Heron Rourke is probably what I thought I would be in, like, a younger age. Like, when I was, like, 17, I probably thought I would be this, like, over-the-top, flamboyant, shady, mean person. Yeah, like, just ripping people a new one, just walking in the door and being like, you're ugly, you don't measure up, I'm better than you. (laughs) (laughs) and now you know at 25 you know I'm not like that at all so I always say Aaron Rourke is an extension of probably what an alter ego would have been like for me
0: so at age 25 being into the independence is there anybody out there that you haven't worked or that you you want to get in the ring and test yourself with that you think that you
1: might either mesh well or you'll mesh against there's so, like, there's so much good talent out there. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I go to some promotions. I just see them, like, what? How? Like, how? I, it's so good. I've, a lot of people have been signed. So, I'm, uh, I'm upset that I never got to work Max Castermore, even though we went to the same school. We were just always on two different trajectories. We were just, like, I would just wasn't ready enough to get there yet. Um, there's, I'm always down to wrestle anyone. There's so many people who I've seen and I'm just like, anyone, I would love to wrestle anyone. I mean, my dream is like to wrestle Adam Cole. I think that's a lot of people's dreams. You know, he's, I watch him a lot and he's just so good. And it's just, I, wa- I just get lost watching him. Now,
0: what is is it about Adam Cole that
1: you get lost in? It's just the way he is. There's just so much – there's such an aura about him that's like he's comfortable and knows exactly who he is. And you watch him wrestle and you just get lost in the moves and the storytelling and who he is and just the energy he brings to that ring and just the nastiness he can be as a bad guy. You know, it's not – too much it's not too little it's just you really believe like he knows he is who he is and he has no problem letting you know or showing you by kicking the back of your head off (laughs) but there's so many indie wrestlers that are just so talented like matt Mikowski uh from beyond like so wheeler yuda amazing i will wrestle vsk eric james any day of the week i would love to wrestle just Anyone, like Christian Casanova, who just got signed, would love to wrestle him. I would love to wrestle, uh, if we're talking about intergender, Davey N, she's a great woman's wrestler. She's great. Uh, Ava Everett, a Basic Becca, there's so many guys that create a pro I would love to wrestle. TJ Crawford, I feel like everyone should be watching him. From Wrestle Pro, he's coming up. He's His strikes, man he moves like lightning and they look like they would just knock your lights out. He's just so good.
0: He's been very impressive as of late. I have caught quite a few of his matches and he's really
1: starting to come into his own. I think he's just there. It is such an untapped potential. Like you just barely scratch the surface on him. He's just, he's just so good. And I would also love to wrestle Brian Myers, you know, it would be so full circle for me to wrestle the man who spent time to train me and Pat Buck. Oh, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but <laughs> <laughs> Brian Meyer seems to be the one that could happen sooner rather than later.
2: Hmm. So going forward now, uh, is there maybe more to come with Beyond? Uh, do you have anything else coming up aside from that?
1: I hope I, hope I do have more at Beyond. I believe their next show is the first. I believe there's a show April first that I'm most likely will be on. There's other. I'm gonna be wrestling at Chaotic more. Creative Pro is putting up more stuff that I'll be re- that I'll be at. Um, you might see me on something that I cannot discuss yet, but <laughs> but you know when it happens. You'll we'll know. be the first to know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the first to know. It might well, be yeah. guys. <laughs> I'll just tag you guys when it happens. And I'll be like, "This is what I was talking about."
0: Good, because sometimes we need that extra budge because we can't focus on too many things at once.
1: Absolutely. Listen, I understand. I, it it, do, it also does me a disservice to be like, "I can't really tell you what it is, but pay attention because it's around in April somewhere." But yeah, I'm really looking forward to the rest of uh, 2021 going into the summer and just my whole goal is just to be a better wrestler, continue working on who I am, my craft, Aaron, who Aaron Rourke is, and just continually annoying fans and telling them how much better I am and how much they are nothing.
0: (laughs) You put that very PG for us.
1: (laughs) I try, you know, I try.
0: Has there ever been a fan that has gotten to you? Or is that just like... I feel like... Has anyone been mean for the sake of being mean?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in wrestling, sometimes people forget that there's a person behind the character. Yeah. And there was one time in particular, I'm openly gay. I'm very much openly gay. I don't think it's that easy to hide. Um, I'm very flamboyant. Uh, but I was called a slur at a show from a fan, and he tried to get a chant going. And it would have been easy for me to get out of the ring and confront him and, you know, put him in his place. But I was like, I'm a professional. I can't control what people say at a show. All I can do is show them that I am a athlete, number one, so I don't think you would want to say these things to someone who looks like they could hurt you. Two, at the end of the day, it's one person out of a room of 300 who has one nasty opinion and feels like they have to say it. So did it bother me? Kind of, but at the end of the day, I was like, I'll never see this person again if I do. I'm still a wrestler. I'm still wrestling. You're just watching me, so...
0: Yeah. Yep. You paid a ticket. You paid for the ticket and yeah. thank you for the, the, the money.
1: <laughs> yeah. I am putting on a show for you. So if I'm, if I'm making you angry, I'm doing my job. So exactly.
0: It's, yep. a, it's gotta be a tough thing to kind of grasp though. Over, like maybe not so much over time, but in the very beginning to just for that, to register like that, like how you put it. Cause I mean, someone else might've taken that completely different and dropped the person on the spot.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think it's just, I've been out for a long time, and I just, you kind of, I just figured this would happen when I started wrestling. Like, you can't always assume that people are going to have, like, I don't want to say woke opinions, or just, like, just people know that it's not cool anymore to call people slurs, or be insulting, or, like, that... In 2019 to 2021, like there's been such a progression in equality through race and gender and sexuality. You can't always expect people to be the people who are on that side of history. Some people are still going to be hateful and mean and think that words are going to get the better of you. But it shows how mature you are as a person to just let it slide. I mean, in all honesty, if someone else had walked up to him and decked him, i would have been like, you go. <laughs> I've been like, I would have been right there behind you being like, yes, you go do that. But for me, it's not worth it. It's just really not.
0: You kind of need that. You need a, you need a vigilante out there that's going to stand up for the people. You need like a Batman-esque person to come out of nowhere. <laughs> Almost like, I don't know if you remember the old Terry Tate commercials, the office
1: linebacker where he would just tackle people. You need someone like that. <laughs> I will just get a giant dude as my henchman, and I'll just be like, right over there, that guy? Just yeah. bulldoze him.
0: Yeah, I mean, henchman would be something to add to your arsenal, just for a gimmick alone.
1: Mm-hmm. I would love that. I would love to come out and just have two henchmen behind me. Yeah, they would have to be taller than me. I'm only I'm six two, so it would be cool to when have
0: only six Yeah. Only six two. Yeah. Only <laughs> six two. I'm 5'8", and that's an insult.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to insult you. I really
2: don't. I do want to ask those things that you said about crossing that line, and of course, the friend that you did talk about earlier in the show, have you thought that he has ever gone across the line such as saying f that kid to brody lee's son on dynamite or have you ever done anything to where in your head going i may have crossed the line there and let some like going off and said something to where you're like man i I probably shouldn't have said that
1: i've never um gone over the line as in like saying something, like, derogatory or nasty. Like, I I did call one of my buddies old during a match. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it's not, like, the meanest thing in the world to say. But, uh, like, you know, you just don't really go around calling people, like, you're old. Like, I was, like, 23, and he was, like, 30. And go so, on. <laughs> and, and, so oh, it was sure. just, like, like, that's the meanest I've ever been. Like, I was just like, you old man. And, like, it's I remember they are like. sensitive about their age, though. Like, yeah, you I, know. Like, I got grace. Are, and people will call me old, and I'll be like, come on, <laughs> man. Hurt my Listen, 30 is the new 20, and 40 is the new 30. So I think age is just. I'm right around 24, or 25, <laughs> then. I think age is just concept. <laughs> you got guys who are wrestling in their 40s and 50s. So, like. 60s, and 60s as of last night. Yeah, and 60s. So <laughs> honestly, age ain't nothing but a number. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. But
1: that's the meanest I've ever been where I've kind of been like, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm so sorry. When it comes to the friend, I maybe it's because I know him on a personal level that I know who he is, but I do feel like audience is fair game. And I feel like we're, we all know what we're doing here. And we all know the roles we play. And to be fair, sometimes some things he says, I'm like, I could feel that burn all the way in New York from Jacksonville.
0: (laughs) But that's the thing, though. That's what that's what you want. mm -hmm. I think that's and for you to actually know him, that kind of suspends your belief for a little bit. And you're like, oh, man, like you, you still have that. Even though, you know, look, it's part of the show. This is what he gets paid to do like you you get and you get paid to do it well. So for you to feel that that means look, he's still
1: doing his job. Yeah, it's a like it's a job, you know? It's the character. Everyone would not be so behind him if he was just pussyfooting around everything and he was just beating around the bush and just being like, "Oh, well, like the reason why it's so great is because he's the guy who's just going to go there. He's going to get to that line, he's not going to cross it, he's going to get a little close. But it keeps the fans interested it keeps the fans like this guy is so evil without actually saying evil things like people on the internet will just say evil hurtful things to try and get
0: there's no creativity noticed. on the internet mm-hmm.
1: and it's just you're doing it wrong like you don't got to be that hateful to get noticed yeah. for being a like a good bad guy like it's crazy Definitely, I give him props though because he may dish it out, but he certainly has to take it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think he does. And I think, I mean, he does it in his way. I mean, it's what you would expect anybody in that position. You, you're, you have to be the sore loser in that case. Like you, you you can't take it. Like that, that is your personality. Like you can dish it, but you're not supposed to be able to take it because that's who you are. You're kind of like. You're
1: the asshole. <laughs> yeah. You know, just you're the asshole. So
0: you throw the hissy fit in the middle of the ring. You, you, you're not supposed to respect what anyone else thinks.
1: Yeah. I'm just I'm pissed that I'm not winning right now. And I will throw a fit if I want to. And you will all watch and enjoy it. <laughs>
0: I really hope I see this on a national TV at some point. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, I'm always looking for something new, and I you don't see too many people throwing a hissy fit in the middle of the ring. Like it gets you, like you know, you're just like, okay, now I get it. (laughs) Now I don't want to like this person because they're throwing a hissy fit in the middle of the ring. You still have to suspend your belief, even when you get to the older ages of watching wrestling. I think that's the best part of a wrestler is that if you can get someone who maybe they don't. Feel the same way like a child feels when they're watching wrestling. You can get evoke emotion from a thirty year old, then you're really doing your job.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, you can't just only focus on one demographic. You know, we have to realize that there's there's such an age gap for wrestling, so we got to keep everyone involved and keep everyone entertained and keep everyone, you know, into what's going on. So if that means I got to get out there and you'll know, throw a hissy fit and then turn around into a kick in my jaw and I lose it, like my teeth go into the next row. Then like, I gotta do what I gotta do. I'm a whiny bitch. Gotta do it. <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping we were going
0: to get a good like tagline to end the show. And I, I think, think that's perfect.
1: That's the new t-shirt I'm going to come out with. It's just, I'm a whiny bitch. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, I buy it. It's a
0: seller. It really is. Like, All you need is a good tagline. I think that I think that works. Well,
1: yeah,
2: me
0: too. You know how many people are going to buy that for people as
1: gifts? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely work. Just get <laughs> a good, know? nice font. Just, I'm a whiny bitch.
0: It has to have glitter
1: on it, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not only
0: that, because then it'll piss the person washing that off. <laughs> like, who has to put that in the washer, and it gets all over their clothes. Oh, that's like...
1: <laughs> that's evil. i literally discovered the other day main state posse uh, aiden Agro and danger kid also two very great wrestlers great tag team everyone should be watching them um they're from limitless they're great uh aiden had like body glitter and i was thrown back i was like i can't believe i as aaron Rourke don't have this because this <laughs> is something i need I need glitter so when everyone wrestles me, they leave looking 10 times shinier. <laughs> it's like also,
2: the ultimate kick move. <laughs> any
1: promotion I go to, I'll always hear you know, you left and I found a hundred feathers all over the floor. I found rhinestones in places I didn't know you were at. I was cleaning up your leftover shine for days. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Sorry,
0: but we got to bring it back now. So yeah, <laughs> bring the rhinestones and the feathers.
1: Yeah. I'm like, if you want me to come back, just keep them because I'll just take them and put them back on.
0: <laughs> it's
1: my, it's my strategy. I'd say it's keep, your keep calling them card. So I come back. Yeah, yeah. It's my calling card. Was Aaron Rourke here? Yeah. There's 10,000 purple feathers in a pile over there. He must have been here.
2: <laughs> Aaron, uh, we want to thank you so much for being on the show. We had a blast and uh, it was great talking to you. And uh, we hope that pretty soon we will be seeing you on TV and you get signed somewhere and we get to see you flipping out and throwing a fit in the middle of a ring on TV.
1: Thank you guys for having me. I had so much fun. I really enjoyed this and I'm glad that we just got to sit and talk and shoot the shit and whatever. And I think what you guys have going on is great. I think you guys are really cool. And I hope we can talk again soon. And I hope to be on your TV in your living room someday.
0: Well, if you're on IWTV coming up in April or somewhere else, yeah. I mean, you're talking April, so I'm guessing you're going to be at WrestleMania. That's my
1: only guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to hold a surprise battle royal, and um, I'm the <laughs> surprise entrant. <laughs> you can actually – there is a Creative Pro show March 14th smarch sadness that i will be on with my bff phil cardigan we gonna wrestle you guys what are bests
0: you guys are gonna wrestle each other
1: no we're tagging up we're gonna wrestle the even stevens it's me phil cardigan and those are three people that everyone should be watching too and this show is gonna be jam-packed with talent
0: how can we watch that? Yeah, how can we watch this event
1: It it is streaming on Indie Wrestling at 7 p.m. IWTV.
0: There we go. There you go. My subscription has already paid for itself several times over. Yes.
1: (laughs) March 14th, IWTV, 7 p.m. Perfection Personified will be on your screen. There
2: you go. Aaron, thank you so much again. Have a great night. It was great talking to you.
1: Thank you guys so much. Have a great night. And let's chat again soon.
2: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks a lot.